Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You are back at it again with another episode of The Young and the Rowdies. I'm your host, Patrick Young, and I just want to thank you guys for coming out and joining me along this journey. I have a super special episode today, and this one is uh, an honor for me because I named this show The Young and the Rowdies after the Rowdy Reptiles. And I thought, what other way to honor the Rowdies than to bring a representation of the Rowdies onto the show? But before we get into that, thank you guys all for diving in. I know the podcast market is super saturated. So those of you that dive into this niche and listen to my podcast, thank you so much, especially if you're not even a Gator fan. But if you're a Gator fan, please share this with someone that you think would appreciate it. Uh, who knows? Maybe you will be next on the show. Uh, I, I have a lot of autonomy with this show as long as it's around Florida Gate or something. Uh, but anyways, without further ado, let's get into episode 12 as we introduce some rowdies. First and foremost, we have Miss Elena Jones. We have Sam Lick and we have Christian White. How is everyone doing today? Doing great. Doing great. I guess the context of today, since we're, we're actually recording this, uh, the day of the game against Cal Berkeley, um, what's the prediction? You know, because this is going to come out on Thursday. <laughs> so we have, you got two games to predict. You got to predict, predict uh, the, tonight. And then, of course, you're going to predict us winning it all on Wednesday. But what, what's, what's the prediction from you guys at the Rowdies? I think we win by at least 20 tonight, and then on Wednesday, we follow that up and hopefully be a top 25 team. What are we – did the new rankings come out yet? Are we still – Yeah, we moved up one spot. We're 23rd. Okay. Yeah, no reason we, no reason we can't, uh, can't win. But let's, let's go ahead and introduce each and every one of you guys. Is, you know, tell us – I'll start with ladies first. Uh, we'll start with um, where you're from, just general, you know, what people don't, tell us a little funny fact, uh, tell us about what year in school, what you're studying, being a rowdy reptile, all, all that, whatever, whatever you want to dive into, the mic is yours, go as long, as short as you want. Yeah, so I'm Elena Jones, I'm this year's Rowdy's Treasure, um, I'm a junior exercise physiology major from Amelia Island, Florida, and i um, just proud Rowdy Reptile, proud Gator fan. Wasn't raised a Gator, but quickly jumped on the bandwagon after my first game in the swamp. And uh, I love everything about UF and Gainesville and just the culture of Gator Nation. So really excited for this season. Yeah, hold on one second. What do you mean you jump? Like, what, what were you before? How you, you have a conversion story, I'm hearing I you. do have a conversion story. So um, my mom's from Kentucky. Oh, from Kentucky. I was raised. <laughs> I was raised in Kentucky, man. Um, so to leave to be the big blue nation, you know, to come to Gator, that was a big thing, but I'm a Gator through and through now. So how did they feel in 2014 when we beat them three times? It was rough. <laughs> I went, I've been to every game in, um, in the O-Dome, Kentucky, Florida, since I was like eight years old. So Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, but I made the transition and, you know, here I am. So what So what year are you now? I'm a junior this year. Junior. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining. Uh, can't wait to dive in a little bit more. Um, Christian, talk to me. Okay. I thought you were going to go with Sam. But, um, 
My name is Christian. I am a sports management major. I'm in my fifth year. I'm almost done. Um, some would say I stayed in the fifth year just for basketball. Um, I just love the academics too. Um, I'm originally from Miami, so I kind of grew up around hurricanes my, my, my young life, but I moved to Ocala when I was eight. So then I was like really close to Gainesville and I moved right after both of the basketball championships and both of the football championships. So everything was Gators there. So I kind of, kind of grew up with it around me. And then when I got in the UF, like, it was just like pretty surreal. And to get to go to a game, my first game was when I was in college. So oh, wow. it was pretty surreal. Yeah. Like everyone always talks about that experience in like a big SEC, big school, like environment. And it just, it kind of blows your way. When, when did you like, uh, well, I guess I'll ask that, that one later, but you know, it had to be like the timing in which you you know, started following, you know, and then the, you know, the back-to-back championships, you probably thought like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen all the time. It was not happening (laughs) (laughs) a long time. Yeah. Especially with with football being really good at that time as well. Gosh. My first year as a student was the last year of McIlwain. So like my first SEC game was the Hail Mary win against Tennessee. Oh my God amazing all the time and <laughs> and we play um Samford at home and uh, that's always fun and then uh Treyon Harris oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's blocked I'm on to the next honestly I think we might we might be like you know we, we might have taken taken uh, McElwain for granted yeah like a 50 percent <laughs> winning percentage no, no. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, what? Like, um, Mullen had been, like, the fastest to a certain number of wins, yeah. like, minus one compared to Urban Meyer, and then went two and six in SEC play this year. So, anything can happen. Hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about football in a little bit. We're going to talk yeah. about uh, <laughs> Yeah, sore, sore subject. Matt, ooh, Sanford, gosh. Hmm. My man, Sam, what's happening? Talk to me. Hey, I'm Sam. Um, I'm a fourth year at Florida, so a senior on my last year. I'm a biomedical engineering major um, from Clearwater, Florida, and I'm the proud president of Rowdy Reptiles for this year. Um, I grew up a gator. My mom went to Florida, um, so I've always been – my family, surprisingly, was just big as a basketball family because we were football. And like, from Florida, that's pretty, pretty rare. I feel like most people prefer the football, but we've always watched every basketball game growing up. And my mom's favorite player actually is Pat- Patrick. So that's cool. <laughs> on this podcast. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So the the question I was going to ask earlier is, you know, the season just started. You know, fan, full capacity coming back to the game, sense of normalcy. How tough was last year not being able to? Because you guys are all upperclassmen. How tough was it not being able to come out to Exact Tech and? What did you do? To, I mean, obviously you're watching the games, but just what was? I'll start. I'll start with you, uh, Elena. What was your experience uh, with that? With not being able to come? Obviously, you guys all love the Gators. Come to the games, the experience. I'm sure it had to be surreal this year, especially as beating Florida State at home. That had to be so cool. But like, I, obviously, last year sucked. But I, I'd love to hear from your own words. Yeah. So um, last year I wasn't on Rowdy's exec. I know 
Christian and Sam got to go to majority of the games, I think, but um, the registration process, you know, was hard with the limited capacity and I only got to go to one home game sitting up against the wall, like up in the very top level. So it was, it was definitely sad, um, very sad experience. And, you know, just, just watching it on TV at home, it's just not the same. I mean, it, it was a real damper on basketball season too. Um, but yeah, we're glad to be back. I'm glad to sit in my front row seat again and be close with the team and have the impact like we do. So very excited about this season. That's awesome. Yeah, good start so far. I mean, I, I, I truly think this is Coach White's best team that he's had in his tenure. Um, and he had he had some, I don't know if it's, this is his best shooting team, because I think uh, when Igor was there and um, uh, other kid whose name I can't remember, he, he transferred from Virginia Tech. He's the guy that can shoot the ball a lot. Um, gosh, can't remember his name. Are Are the guard. Jalen Hudson. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, that was probably our best shooting, shooting team that Coach White has had. But this year defensively, they are – they're tough. They're going to be – it's going to be tough being Kentucky, though, I'll be honest. Kentucky, I, I've been watching. I, obviously, they got, they got some animals on their team, too. Uh, but, yeah, Christian, Sam, what, how was it – like, what was your experience last year without being able to come and you guys were, you know, you were on the board, so had to be like, were you still able to organize even people just, um, you know, getting people together to watch the game at home when you couldn't co- go to attend? Uh, so last year, luckily, Christian and I were able to get some tickets every every game. Okay. Um, we were able to go to the games, but like the atmosphere just wasn't the same. Uh, we were sitting six feet apart from the next rowdy reptiles or like students that were there. So we were able to use all of our combined voices to make any really real impact that I think we do just like what you saw last weekend against FSU when we were screaming the whole game and you can see the other team was a little frazzled by having that crowd there for the first time. So we were still able to go to the games outside of obviously you can't organize big group events on campus for organizations last year. So really we weren't really able to do much as a, as an organization. We had a couple of zoom meetings, but uh, for a zoom meetings for the, our meetings, like only 20 people would probably show up. And when we were able to do in person, we were able to offer food for students and yeah. students food. So we were able to get more like 50 people at those meetings when we were able to do them in person. Wait, go ahead, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. The games were, it was really weird. We were stuck behind the baskets and not like behind the broadcast desk like normally. Yeah. We were all split everywhere. It was just like we were normal fans. So we weren't really a student section. We were just next to some cardboard you know, cutouts. <laughs> yeah, which was, that was cool. But uh, at least we were behind, we were behind the enemy bench. So we were still able to like get a little bit of heckling in, but. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was still not the same atmosphere at all. What, what made you, um, when did you guys both know, all three of you, uh, this is, this is one that just came to my mind as far as like, you know, being, being fans and, and and a lot is going to be different for you since this is your first year on. But when you guys realized that you kind of wanted to be uh, a part of the Rowdy Reptiles and, and on the board and like being, you know, the movers and shakers and, and setting things up. And like, how did you know? Because you can just, you know, be a fan and just, you know, be a student fan and just be there. But how did you know that you actually wanted to dive in and like get involved in that way? Well, me and Sam, like uh, me, Sam and Matt, who's also on the executive board, we all met going to basketball games together. 
So like that kind of com camaraderie of the whole group kind of makes you want to be more a part of it. Like seeing the old executive groups from the past, when I first started, they were so like tightly knit and it felt like they were close to the team that the team really did count on them and they had an influence. And yes. when we felt that influence, it's like, we have to be a part of it. Why can't we just be the ones, you know, screaming our lungs off? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it was actually a funny story how Christian, Matt, and I, we all walked up to the line at the same time for a Michigan State game our freshman year. I think we lost that game, but it was a – the football team all came in during the game, and we all went wild. And it was just – it was a great game. But we all we, – all three showed up, I think, at 6 a.m. for that game. Wow. And I think it was probably a 2 or 3, 3 p.m. game. Um, and we just were in line next to each other. So we started talking and became friends. And, we saw the exec doing what they were doing, and we just wanted to follow suit. I mean, I wanted to be on exec since I remember. I always thought, oh, that would be dope. I love watching the crowd interact. Like, the best part about college basketball has to be the student sections. Oh, me. man. I mean, I don't watch that much NBA. Let me be completely honest. I mainly watch college basketball, and it's because I love the atmosphere that the students yeah. give. So I always knew, like, growing up, it would be dope to be on the exec of a student section somewhere, preferably Florida. <laughs> I can just think of, you know, what do they call the Cameron crazies? I mean, the Rowdies, the Rowdy Reptiles are pretty awesome too, but, you know, the Cameron crazies, they kind of started that tradition of the tents. And I mean, the, have you guys ever been to Cameron Indoor by chance? I have. It's so small. It's, it's so, so small. And the fans are like right there. <laughs> like, like you reach out and touch you. And it's one of the, the things that I, I when I, I think about, um, you know, the Duke, North Carolina game is the guy in the Speedo. <laughs> the guy in the trench coat behind me. <laughs> it's got to be the first, the very first thought. Um, but let's, um, you know, I guess for, for the average fan that, that wouldn't know uh, or uh, yeah, wouldn't know what you guys do on a, on a basis of planning and your roles, you know, can you, can you dive into like something since, like, since this year is a lot more normal, what's some things that you kind of like plan and organize and the roles and, and, and doing those things, uh, if you don't mind, like explain it to, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we have like general body meetings, um, usually about three or four throughout the season. And, um, you know, just kind of recruiting to like trying to get some people there, get as many students as possible. Usually there will be food like pizza or Tijuana flats, something like that. Um, and we go through the go through like a presentation PowerPoint slide um, of the players, any new information that we have, if we're having a camp out for one of the big games coming up, and then we usually go through um, our dirt sheets for the opposing teams coming up, which I'll let Christian yeah, go well, into that. that but um, so yeah, we try to get the rowdies together outside of the actual home games as well. That's awesome. Well, since since you brought it up, I don't want to leave the listeners hanging. Christian, please oblige us with um, their cheat, which I got a chance. You know, I, got, I met I met all three of these other people at the uh, Milwaukee Wisconsin game, uh, and they were they were not good. Um, who was yelling every time the kid was missing? Were you yelling overrated every time? Someone, someone else is doing that every okay. time. Patrick Baldwin Jr. shot. Yeah. Uh, or like during like his pregame, if he was yeah. missing, he would the guy in the the crowd was just chanting overrated, and oh. he would laugh. It's great. I mean, it's even if you, you get in someone's head just because it's annoying. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. He can hear that. He hears it. Mm-hmm. But uh, my position on uh, the Rowdies is called research and development, which is just a fancy word for dirt. Um, dirt is like a, a sheet that we uh, create with like different chants that we would have within the game and like follow our club and stuff like that. And on the other side is just uh, dirt about the other players from the enemy team. Like um, just anything that you can find about them, whether how bad they are as a player or just something weird about them as a person, maybe some scandal they used to be in, like LSU. For every every season, LSU is FBI night for us because of the big scandal that they have. So we're always making sure to bring it up to them that they know that they still are, are being looked at by the FBI. They're still being investigated? They're still I, open I'm FBI? Still, I'm surprised that's still... It's been like three years, hasn't it? Or something like that? Gosh. They're just waiting for people to forget about it, but we won't forget about it. <laughs> How, what goes into, so how, you know, what your research process, are you know, hey, hey, anything is fair game. If a person is willing to put it on, on the, the internet, it's, it's literally fair game. Because that just means you didn't want it to be private information. If you're putting all your, your, this stuff, your old tweets, whatever it may be, like, hey, it's fair. It is literally fair game. Yeah, there's a private option for a reason like if you want it to be public that's your choice they they've signed their right away to say what they've said about whatever they've said so we'll look about anything even if they back when they were in like middle school (laughs) yeah some of them forget to delete those old tweets or like get a new one when they start college but some some are smart enough to to do that they completely hide themselves they don't want people to find old stuff because they know people like us exist and uh, <laughs> they're scared. There are players who've been scared of us before. They, they clearly hide, um, but the ones who present themselves in a really weird light, we make sure to make note of them. Yeah, so yeah. tell them in the game. Um, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I can't wait to, uh, I, I'll be there for the uh, Stony Brook game. Uh, in December, I am. Uh, I have very high expectations. All right, yeah, I'll make sure that one's extra good for you. <laughs> make it extra good. Even though we're going to beat them by fifty, I want them to. I want to demoralize them too. Just go mm-hmm. home, get yeah. just get everything fixed because you. Yeah, you shouldn't have came here to play us. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're playing against us, we're going after them. Love it, Sam. As head, talk to us. What's it like the day to day? Feeling, you know, leading the rowdies, leading the charge, making sure we got the juice every day for an exact tech. So another big part of Rowdy's, which Matt would be here talking about this because it's his job. We have a huge social media following. I think we have around what, 15, 20,000 following around Instagram and Twitter. So we have Matt making all our memes for us. And then we also have to make sure basketball games, we are able to like police kind of the student line. So we don't have one person holding a spot for their whole fraternity in the line. UF games. So another thing is just making sure everyone's honest and making sure everyone's able to have that experience that um, they love to go to the Gator basketball game. So no one's having a crappy experience going to the game. So as students, that's part of our job. Um, and then we also just got to be the biggest supporters of the team we can be, um, whether that's helping that or helping the marketing department with anything pregame to make the experience good or whether we're just uh, requesting different posters to be made that will cheer the team up or that are funny and that will bring, give them a smile in the crowd or just making sure the whole fan experience is good 
for our students is, is part of our big job. That's awesome. And there's got to be an added, uh, you know, effort and, and just mindset and determination because you couldn't do it last year. Mm -hmm. Didn't, couldn't do it to the extent. And, it, you know, almost it gives you more appreciation for what, you know, that even though you couldn't do it to the same capacity, it gives you just more appreciation for being present and just like, you know, every game making, making the most of it. I, I, I would think it just really, you know, putting, having more passion into it. Because, yeah, yeah, truly, when I was there my, my four years, especially my senior year, goodness gracious, the Rowdies, wow. They won, they won the game Kansas. I would say the Rowdies helped us win that game against Kansas. 1,000% uh, helped us win the game against Auburn my senior year because they, they were so loud. Everyone was so loud. Like, the players looking at the coaches, the players looking at each other, throw the ball inbound, don't even see the ball come inbounds, throws it out of bounds. And we go on, like, a six-point swing because we were down, like, the whole game. And, like, I've played games without fans before, like, even when I was a uh, professional. And it's almost like a – it's just you feel empty, kind of. You know, it, it's, it's not right for – the, it's not right for the players or the fans. It's not having because, like you know, without the fans, without the people that truly love the sport, love the team, love the fans, you just—it's just—it's you know, there's nothing glorified about it to that extent. So, uh, really, really cool that you guys can lead the charge, you know, and and uh, hopefully have we're having a have a great season uh, this upcoming year. Uh, before I talk about before I talk about the season though. Um, What's something that you would like to see? You know, how, how, what's the interaction between like the players this year been so far? Have you guys had a chance to like uh, connect with the guy? I know it's really cool. I love after the game because we we never did that walking down the sideline after the game and high fiving the fans. That's got to be a really cool touch piece that you guys like. Our first meeting wow. this we were able to invite. I think we had seven or eight of the players come by just introduce themselves. Start asking them questions. Who could dunk the best on the team? <laughs> who was the best dancer and stuff like that. So that was really cool. And then after every game, yeah, I get into hey, give a high five to the players, which, I mean, we were able to do that, I think, my freshman and sophomore year too. But having that back and uh, seeing the smiles on their faces when they walked through is, was the best thing. And we know we're giving them an impact. Because last game you saw the players turn to us many times and just try to get us fired up, which was yeah. awesome to see again. Man, that's so cool. It's so cool now that I'm kind of like in between, like literally it was in between, <laughs> between you guys and the court and the, yeah. and the guy and the players and, and to see the interaction. It, it's like, I, it's like eight years since I've been able to do it in the same way in, in exact tech, but that's, that's just, that's, that's so cool. No, we get that's to the sweaty high fives there. and they're the best. Like there's, after the game, you wouldn't imagine how sweaty they are, but they're the best. <laughs> I can see it. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're dripping. A front row kind of feel. I feel that that feeling that you're talking about being in the middle. Like I feel that in front row. Like sometimes, like we're just always screaming. But obviously, I gotta take a break from screaming. Sometimes I'll, my head will explode. Um, but just standing there and just like not making a sound and just like hearing all the people behind me screaming. Like being that close to the court feels like you're on the court a little bit. Yeah. It's surreal. Like I couldn't imagine what that feels like playing like how was that for you like in a, an environment that loud like is it really that hard to do anything or call a play or is it that tough so the toughest places that I play for and I want to ask 
Elena, have you been to any Kentucky? You've been to Kentucky games, I'm sure. Yeah. I have. I've been to like five in Rupp Arena. And it's, it's loud, but being there on front row uh, at the O-Dome, it's, it's pretty insane. It, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't compare because Rupp's huge, but um, it's, it's definitely like makes an impact for sure. And I feel, so I know that at Kentucky, um, the student sections are behind the goals and the, it's so hard to get a student section ticket at the Kentucky, mm. Kentucky games. And they don't have nearly as much of an impact as students. They sure don't. You're right. Yeah, it is. It is behind the goal of the baskets. Uh, let me think. The games, I mean, I always struck Arkansas, man. Believe it or not, playing in Bud Walton Stadium. The, the, the Razorback fans, man, they always gave me such a hard time. They would get so, especially when we went in there my, my last year and we came back when Scott hit that big shot to, uh, to, to beat Arkansas. Uh, but that that place, much respect to the Razorbacks and they're crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> I just thought about this. So Will, if I, I, next time I interview Will, I'll make him uh, bring this back up. He and I, we were in Arkansas. We're warming up. We're just you know, uh, the guy, some guys split and do the court like or they're on the uh, at the basket doing drills, and some guys are half court doing the stretching. Uh, you know, going going sideline to sideline. We're coming back down. Uh, Will and I just stretching because we're always we're always together, and someone's like, "Hey, Will, you good? I'll kill you." <laughs> he said, "What?" He's like, "What did I do? You're gonna kill me?" <laughs> uh, but that's something something we always joke about that we you know, never. Missouri fans were pretty intense; they were nuts. Um, you know, they they did research. But they were never good at basketball, but they they came at you. Um, Kentucky, you know, just going into Kentucky, you got to have that mindset where you don't care what's true. Honestly, as a player, it's it's impossible to say like the crowd doesn't ever get to you. Um, I, I think that you kind of just have to find a way to get yourself centered and focus on the present moment and what you're doing. So it can't take you away from doing your job but like yeah every like the antics the the yelling the shouting the knowing the specific stuff that just kind of like oh ouch (laughs) I hurt my feelings why are you talking about my mama (laughs) (laughs) like that that kind of stuff uh will really get but honestly nothing was crazier than when I was overseas in Greece uh when I was overseas in Greece um, you know, there was no opposing team fans that could come to, uh, you know, the other team. Like, we, when, we, when we were playing our rival team, it was Olympiacos and Panathinaikos. Uh, Olympiacos was the red and white team, Panathinaikos, green and white, red versus greens. And then when we would go play there, think of it, for me, because uh, Rick, actually, believe Rick Patino was the head coach of this team in Panathinaikos at one point. And he himself, it holds, I think it holds about 22,000, this uh, arena in Greece. And he was like, this is crazier than anything I've ever experienced at Rupp Arena. Like, the fans, they, we have to put a net up around in front of the, the fanatics because they throw stuff. <laughs> they, they, yeah, like it's, they chant the entire game. They, they say things that I would never repeat. <laughs> Don't they have players? Sometimes, huh? don't they have flares? Sometimes I've seen. Yeah, they have flares sometimes. Flares. Yeah, it looks insane what they do in Europe. It looks like they're it's at a soccer awesome. game. 
Yeah, one game, or my last, my last game actually when I was in Greece, uh, we were losing the last game of the playoffs to win, like the, the last championship. It was game five out of best out of five, and we were losing by like fifteen. It was over, and our fans. It was like three minutes left. They started going crazy. They're throwing flares. They're th- like throwing firecrackers. We had to run into uh, the locker room for like and stay there for like twenty minutes so they would calm down or, or something. Like it, it was, it was insane. And yeah, the stuff that they end up saying. Because uh, there was one game that I was uh, I was out, I was injured, and I was sitting out with one of the young guys on our team. And uh, it was like, a, it, was, it wasn't a big game, but our fans, they're fanatics. They chant. I'm sure you guys have seen soccer games before. They chant the entire game. And I'm like, young fella, what's happening, man? What are they saying? And he's like, you, you, you really want to know? I was like, yeah, I want to know. He told me. It was like instantly like, there's children here. <laughs> they don't care. Um, it, it's to that level. But um, let's, let's switch it up a little bit. You know, we've had – how many home games have we had now? We had uh, Elon Elon at Florida State. Is that it so far? Emory Riddle. Yeah. Emory Riddle. Exhibition game. That was an exhibition and then game. Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. That's right. Yeah, I was at the game. Let's, yeah. Let's scratch that out. You didn't hear that. <laughs> Very busy. I don't sleep enough. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gamble. Yeah. Um, so, takes, ex- uh, takes expectations on this season, you know, from a from a biased fan view, uh, rowdy view, tell me what what are your expectations and thoughts? Um, I don't know. The SEC is looking pretty. The competition this year is going to be great. Um, so I'm really excited to get into conference play. Um, but I think we definitely have a very mature team this year with all of our new transfers that came in. Yeah. And it looks like they're starting to mesh pretty well together. Um, looks like a very tight knit family unit kind of feel. Um, so I definitely think that we can, you know, compete against teams like Tennessee this year, Alabama, Kentucky. Um, so just, you know, we want to make the biggest impact that we can on them and you just watch how they grow over the season and hopefully we can make a run into March and continue on from there towards a chip. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I had too high hopes. I didn't know what to expect this year with all the transfers coming in, honestly. And then, like, waiting to hear whether Key would play or not, too, was definitely uh, keeping me questionable in the season. But this first four game, I mean, I don't think I've seen a defense play this well for this squad in a long time. And then seeing, like, an older team again, like, I don't think we had this old of a team since that 2014 year with with you four seniors that played. 
I think uh, having a mature team in college basketball is very underrated. Like when I make my bracket in March, I always look for the oldest team for some oldest teams because I think uh, that's a that's a cheat code a little bit. So I'm excited to see how this team progresses throughout the year and meshes now that they're a little bit more mature. Yeah, I kind of had an old team my freshman year. Um, like my freshman year was the year before um, Andrew Nimhard, so I just had like the last year of Chioza. Okay. And, uh, the the rest of them, and that felt like a really close-knit team. That, that's what drew me into Rowdy's the, mo- the most. Like, it felt, like, really connected because those guys have been there for that long. And, like, I feel that a little bit with these guys, even the new guys. Like, a lot of them haven't really played in environments like this. Like, you can see, like, the way that, like, Brandon McKissick and Flandris get into the game because of where they used to play. Yeah, they, right. They're not used to those type of environments. They, they would get scheduled to play against big teams every once in a while. So – for them, it seems like it, it's driven them in a way that they've never expected because they seem almost like surprised by it themselves. Like, yeah, just the like the environment at FSU is probably one of the best, if not the best, since I've been as a student. Um, just because it had been that long since we beat them, and yeah, having last year the way that it was, it was pretty. It was a pretty amazing environment, uh, unmatched. Yeah, I think for, in, yeah, I mean, you hit so many good points, like the guys that transferred in, you know, why, why do you transfer? You transfer because, you know, just not just in general, you know, you transfer because you don't like the playing time you're getting and you think you deserve somewhere else, or maybe just the coat, the style of play isn't fitting for you. Um, maybe you want to win. You want to, you were probably the best player and you just didn't have a chance to win. And I think every single guy that transferred to this team came here just because they want to win. Of course, they want to go to the NBA and think about the next level and all that stuff. But telling me every single college player thinks that they're going to go to the NBA, but, you know, there's only 60 that get selected per year. But I genuinely feel it, and I've gotten, a, you know, an inside look, an inside um, uh, hand from, uh, from, you know, the managers, the coaches from this team. And these guys just really love each other. Like, they really just love and want to play for each other. And the stat book doesn't matter. Um, it's, and it's so, it's so awesome seeing the passion, you know, Brandon McKissick, whoo, he is like, it's crazy. And you know, it's crazy. Um, he had, the, I think he was sick game day. I think he was the last, the Milwaukee game. I think he was actually sick. And, um, cause I, I, I saw when it, he was like, all I got to do is get some food in me and I'm gonna go out there like a dog. And I'm like, hmm. Dang, and he played so – I mean, he didn't have his best game, but that Florida State game that he had, I mean, knocking down some big shots, the energy defensively, it was one play. He just took it out of Osborne's hand and just went coast to coast. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yep. This guy is awesome. What are, what are some um, – hmm? I think for the FSU game, a lot of them had the flu, too. Like, I saw yeah. it's about that. So, I mean, they were able to pull it together for that game, and it was awesome. What are, what are your takes on, you know, this this transfer portal thing in the state of college basketball? It's kind of – it's kind of crazy. Not only that, I mean, that as well as NIL stuff. Now, what's, what's your take on these new changes with college, college basketball, college sports in general? I personally like it. I'm a sports management major, so, like, the last five years of that has, like, really kind of – it used to be, like, a dream five years ago. It felt like that wouldn't happen. And then now there's name, image, and likeness. And then Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I don't, man. it's crazy. Like, the, everything's 
changing now. It's like the real, there's like a future happening in the, in that world of, of sport, but it's exciting. Like uh, seeing players get to have merchandise for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like the players that have merged like Applebee and, and McKissick, they like are thrilled that they have it and that they want to see other like students wearing it and that they'll sign it and stuff like that. So like, I, I think it's, it's doing good as a whole for all of sport. I don't think there's anything that's been negative that's come out of it since it's come since it started. Everything seems positive and people feel like they're um, getting what they deserve a little yeah. bit more now. Like Ty Ty Washington getting a Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also has his own meal at some like CC's pizza or something too. Yeah, now. I saw I saw that. He had a really good game uh, against Ohio. He played he played great. I didn't watch it, but I heard they had a pretty slow start. Uh well, Shavir um Sheboy, Oscar Sheboy got two quick fouls. Uh Shavir Wheeler, hey. That kid's good. He's a great point guard. I, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be that good. Huh? I didn't think he was going to be that. I mean, I knew he was, like, definitely had potential watching him uh, when he played with Georgia. But, yeah, he's pretty explosive. He, he didn't have all the, 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 the pieces around him. But now he's got guys that he can pass the ball to, and they're going to finish and make shots. He To play with a guy that was passed first like him, that would have changed my career. Uh drastically because like I wouldn't have had to do anything you just throw the ball up catch a dunk <laughs> you got to play with um, Anthony Edwards right what's up I think you got to play with Anthony Edwards right that's true yeah they were just really bad yeah but them two together like you could I, I could tell that from severe like he like looks like he's he's really small but he's kind of built like a Mack truck yes looks like his shoulders are a little bit high up on he just kind of runs through people runs through so, people like, just giving him a little bit of space he he just Attack. He's got a really good basketball IQ, you know, in, in, in knowing when to pass it and mm -hmm. take, take his shots. But what, what about you, Sam? I mean, I think the transfer portal this year is great. I mean, I love it. I don't – like, players should be able to just say, hey, I don't want to be at the school anymore. It's not good for me. It's not good for the team. I want to leave. And I think uh, I think we saw Arkansas really, like, do well off the transfer portal last year and then – this year, I mean, Florida's trying to mimic that kind of scheme, and it's it's been fun. It's been fun. That goes to, you know, Coach White. You know, you think about – because everyone was asking, and I'm sure for you guys, like you, like you just said, Christian and Sam, like you had no idea how good this team was going to be or not. Eight new guys, you know, five, I think five out of the transfer portal and three, three freshmen, like it's – at that point, it's like, okay – do I believe in Coach White? Do I believe that he can put the – because recruiting is hard, man. Recruiting recru – guys, it's, it's so hard. It's like being being a college coach, you're selling – it's like you're selling your soul, but, like, you put so much stuff on the back burner to strive to be great at that. And sometimes it takes a long time to bust through the door. And, I, I mean, I think Coach White has really found a, a great pieces. The fact that these guys – he brought in some veterans um, – that understand the system and love each other and, and really are playing for each other. But, you know, this is year seven for coach white uh, right now. Where do you see him as how he's, you know, performed so far after following up a hall of fame coach um, coach, Steve coach Spurrier always says, you never want to be the guy after the guy, 
But in my opinion, I think Coach White has fared very well um, for coming into a program and trying to pick up after because Coach Donovan's last year, they were not good. <laughs> they were really bad. So to think like instant success, I mean, he, he, Coach White's been to the tournament almost every year. He's, he's won four games in a row in the tournament. It's, it's you know, the, when you look at percentages, the one, you know, the one thing I look at, he's got like a 40, uh, barely 40% against ranked teams winning percentage in his, or in his tenure. You know, that's one thing you say, okay, he's not winning enough big, big, big games. But, you know, the recruiting pieces, it takes time to get people to want to come in. He's doing really well. Uh, you know, what's your guys' take on, you know, the state of Florida basketball and, and Coach White, how he's leading, leading the charge? I know uh, my freshman year, so the 2019-2020 season, there was, you know, he definitely faced a lot of ad adversity because we were preseason ranked, I think, like 22nd oh, yeah. or 23rd or something. And they they just didn't perform up to, you know, the what they thought um, that team was going to be. But, they, I mean, they were just so young, I feel yeah. like. You know, uh, the only real maturity we had was uh, with Keontae Johnson and then Andrew Nimbard. So Trey Mann and Scotty Lewis, you know, they were they were young, they inexperienced. They might have been McDonald's All-Americans, but right. um, it's hard to coach up those teams or those kind of players, you know. But I'm definitely liking what we're seeing with this team. And um, I feel like he's def he definitely controls the locker room very well. And yeah. they, they respect him very much. Was was Carrie Blackshear on that team? Oh yeah, there was Carrie Blackshear too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was oh, yeah, that was the year that um, they did not get to finish the season. He didn't get a chance. Mm -hmm. Quick question: What do you think about Kentucky basketball? Right, not just right now in general. Last year, nine and sixteen. How how was your family last year? That's what I want to know. They didn't, how, they didn't how miserable it. was that for them? They didn't watch it, and there was a lot of fire Calipari chants. They were, you know. Really? Yeah, so um, the, I, they kind of have the – blue in the Bluegrass State, there's a little bit of um, – I, I don't want to say, like, they don't like him, but it's kind of like they're ready for another national championship, yeah. and if it's not coming soon, they're going to be like, kick him out, you know. But, um, yeah, last year was rough for them, rough for Duke, rough for UNC. It was just – all around, like, those top teams, they weren't doing anything big. So definitely brings in the question about the whole one-and-done thing and if that yeah. is still going to be the culture. Because we're seeing that the more mature teams are the ones that are making it to the Final Four, winning the national championship. So Yeah. Well, that's an interesting piece that you just uh, you brought up, speaking about one-and-done, guys. Think about NIL. So now you're telling me I'm, I'm, I'm projected to be this top pick. And the options are for me to go to uh, who's who's terrible. I mean, New Orleans is bad. Houston is bad. You know, think of the top, the bottom seven teams in the NBA. And you can say, dang, I really, really don't want to go to any of those teams. I can stay in college and make a million dollars, maybe even more doing these deals. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to stay in school another year. Get better. Uh, and now, you, I mean, now that you have money, as well, you can pay for uh, these top level coaches as well. If you, if you so choose like, okay, I like what my school is doing, but I want to go get some extra help from one of these, these pro guys, these pro skills coaches that can help me get better and prepare for the NBA. You know, that's, that's a really cool, interesting piece, but for, and that, that could help Kentucky. 
because maybe maybe uh, some of these players can can stay. Uh, this is the oldest team Coach Calipari has ever had. The oldest team uh, Kentucky basketball has had since 1958. I've seen, but yeah, I Kentucky fans want banners. Do they appreciate? Do. do they appreciate what comes with that? You know, having top draft picks. Of course they do. Who doesn't? Uh, but yeah. The results, only one. Hey, and that 2012 Anthony Davis team was – I can't believe they lost. They lost two games that year. They lost lost off of a crazy shot on Indiana. And then actually 2012, that Vanderbilt team was probably the best Vanderbilt team to ever come out. They just had one of the best Kentucky teams on the other side that they couldn't beat. Uh, but, Christian Sam, what are your thoughts on the current state of, of Florida basketball? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what you were saying about the other teams being bad. Like I think that the statement to the the transfer portal, like Baylor could build an old team across years. Like we got to see them play in the Odom a couple years, and when they, when I knew they were in the third, I picked them last year to win. Um, I won the Rowdies group bracket. Um, just nice. To, but um, let them know. <laughs> like they built around age, and I feel like. That's what Mike White is doing a little bit right now, which is a great experiment because I feel like we've had all this like youth and athleticism that, you know, like Scotty Lewis would have on paper. But yeah. like I have like they, I feel like more secure and safe with the new transfers, like reading up about McKissick um, and Flanders, how good they are defensively and stuff like that and how well they played across years at the schools that they did and not being in big schools or transferring until later on. But, like, they, that means they're committed to their team. They're committed to the guys that they're around. It doesn't matter where they're at. They're still going to go out and ball as hard as they can. I love, yeah, they sure are. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, would you rather take a gamble on a freshman, highly touted freshman? You know, Trey Mann comes in, and he struggles his freshman year. He's can't. He's skinny. Not, I mean – you guys know you, you come in as a freshman to, to college. It's a, it's a big transition. And if you're like, you know, not, not to say spoon fed, but you didn't really have to be super disciplined, you know, kind of things. If you were this star athlete, most of the time, everything's kind of given to you. You probably don't have to do like these day to day things or whatever. And then like you go to college and it's like, all right, we're going to help you, but you still got to like meet us halfway, you know, class, study hall, eating, working out, scouting, uh, double practices, all that stuff. And then, you know, do you want to do you not say waste your time? Cause I was Trey man's second year was like, wow. And Scotty Lewis's second year, he still kind of didn't turn that. He still didn't turn that, that, that corner, like, like Trey man did, but then you got guys that can come in and play right away. Mm -hmm. you know, even a guy like CJ Felder, that's not, hasn't really broken the rotation that much. He gets it. As far as he's working in practice, he's showing up, he's mature, he's had – I mean, he went to Boston College and that much success in Boston College basketball. But you got all these guys that can come and contribute right away and be mature and show up on time for practice. Like, no Next names. Minute. But how do, you, how do you show up late to shoot around in the SEC tournament? I think that's a fair question. I think that's a fair question. I also want to mention Miriam Jones, too. Like, he's been, he's been composed, so yeah. it's like he doesn't stand out but he's been putting up silent numbers and being a real workhorse on the offensive side for sure this year. He's, he's so even keel. Mm -hmm. Like he's just, he's just here. 
like all the time. Like he he'll take over a game if he has to, but if uh, if, if everything's fine, we're winning. He's not going to take bad. He's not going to take bad shots. He's not going to force it. He's going to just do his job. And and I mean that's really cool when you can just turn it on like that. I mean that's. I mean he was yeah. a leading scorer at a Big Ten school last year, so yeah, yeah. he was exciting. I'm really excited to see his like his big breakout game, both him oh, and yeah. CJ Felder. I saw something on Twitter, I think after the FSU game that's, that was like CJ Felder or Mike White said something about CJ Felder being the, one of the best defensive players he's ever coached. So yeah. I'm excited to see them too. Yeah, he's he's so athletic. He's he reminds me so much of Casey Prather. Uh, and the good thing with CJ, I think he, he's got three more years of eligibility. Uh, so him getting a chance to learn from Anthony DeRuji, who's been playing insane. He's so athletic. Gosh, he's so – and he's such a good guy. He's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. He's so kind-hearted, and he just is such a freak athlete. But, uh, you know, before I let you guys go, um, we close up this awesome episode. I want to hear – your favorite story. It doesn't have to be as a rowdy, but just give me your favorite story as a Gator. Um, I think my favorite, as I think my favorite as a Gator, specifically like basketball related, uh, was probably the uh, when we played Auburn at home, uh, 2019-2020 season. Uh, they were, I think they were ranked like 20 or 19 or something like that. But um, I think I camped out for like 26 hours for that game, like. I wanted front row so bad. We were getting free t-shirts. You know, I was really excited. And um, I think we beat him by like 20 plus points. Bruce Pearl was, oh, was like not, he was not doing well. Those players were so frazzled by us. So the energy was like insane. And that's when I just completely fell in love with the Rowdies. That's awesome. For sure. I remember that game. They played so bad. It seemed like they didn't even want to be there. Yeah, that was a that was like a really good Auburn team too, and it yeah, was just yeah. they completely just broke down. Awesome. So. One of those moments you'll never forget. Either it was either that's either my best memory or when um, they dedicated the court to Billy Donovan. Seeing all the past players come back was really cool too. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Um, mine would have to be. Hmm. Yeah, that game was pretty amazing. That Vanderbilt game to have everybody like that there, like to feel the like past history of those teams there, like you can feel how special like being a Gator is to them. And even though they're out playing wherever they're playing, you know, get get millions of dollars, they still want to come back and see us all the time, which is cool. Um, but dirt wise, man, we've had so many good moments with dirt. Uh, we've gotten a couple guys give us the finger and it got caught on TV. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> he fouled out of the game. He was so mad that he fouled out of the game that he gave us the finger and the camera had put it right on him right at the right moment. And we showed their coach after the game. He came up to the desk, like the, the announcer's desk after the game. And we all showed him the photo of it. And he was like, oh, I didn't like that. And he got suspended for the first half of the next game. I, I think it was all on ESPN, too. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the next day. <laughs> the camera is always on. Always on. <laughs> the worst moment is always on. I think my favorite memory is I, uh, for the old Miss game my freshman year, uh, Kayvon Allen hit a buzzer beater in overtime. 
I showed up to that game at halftime because I had an exam. So I was running from an exam, get to the get to the basketball game to see a close second half SEC match, and then Kayvon Allen hit a crazy three point shot at a buzzer beater to win. And I just remember it was wild because I wasn't front row or anything that game. I was like third or fourth row because I showed up late. My friend already saved me a seat, but we were I was going wild just. Yeah. That was the down of taking an exam that night to an up of hitting a meter, which that's awesome. Right. Dang, that's crazy. I'm sure, like you, I mean, you got you'd never have any idea, like, but yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, for me, um, I'll go. The favorite moment for me outside of playing, you know, as as a as a fan, uh, I remember when I was maybe I think I was nine, eight or nine years old. Um, my grandparents were season ticket holders for their for football games for a long time. And they were Jaguars and Gators uh, season ticket holders for a while. And this one, they got they still got that original vintage like 1995 Jacksonville Jaguars gear. So hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they got that original. Um, so they would always go up there and tailgate, and I think we were tailgating where in the Gale Limeran parking lot or something like that. Uh, like we always go there, um, just. Great memories there. That's kind of where, you know, I was born a Gator in that, in that sense. Uh, I remember we were playing Vanderbilt and we had seats behind the field goal for that game. And I caught the PAT, which was pretty insane. Like, <laughs> and it, it was that I caught it and then like, I threw it back, like right on the field. Uh, and I was, I mean, obviously it was a little athlete at that time and I played baseball and I just, everyone's just like, oh my gosh, good throw, good throw. That was awesome. <laughs> and like, from that moment, I was just like, I'm a Gator. Like, this is, I was chosen. God chose me to be a Gator. And I'll never forget that moment. Um, it, it was so cool. I mean, I, and obviously through playing, man, I mean, playing on the, on the, on the court, beating Kentucky at home uh, my senior year by 26 points was, was insane. Uh, that whole, that whole senior year, where we just won like 30 something games in a row, uh, you know, set the record for, uh, went undefeated, first team to go undefeated in the SEC, which was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, to close here, I'm, I'm gonna say there's many more memories this year that uh, are yet to be formed. You know, whether it's a Colin Castleton three-pointer that's gonna fall this year. <laughs> <laughs> it did it, it did against Emory Riddle, it was amazing. Oh, it did? He can oh, shoot. He, it was unbelievable. He can, he can shoot. He can shoot the ball. He just got it. Once he knocks one down, it'll, it'll, he'll have the confidence. But, yeah, I really think this team has a chance. We're in a tough league. We're going we're gonna to make the tournament. Um, we're definitely going to make the tournament. But, you know, Kentucky, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, those, are, those, those teams are going to be tough this year. But I, I can't wait to see um, how the rest of this year is going to unfold. And I, obviously this episode is coming out on Thursday. So I'm saying it now. What's what's the name of this this tournament we're in? Fort Myers, Myers tip off and something classic. Classic. Fort Myers tip off. I'm I'm calling it. You know, this is going to come out. We're going to be celebrating the Fort Myers tip off classic champion tournaments, uh, and the momentum is going to keep moving forward. But uh, you know, any last thoughts before we close up, guys? Yeah, yeah, Patrick. I want to ask you, like, what was your favorite memory of the Rowdies, like when you were playing? Okay, uh, one thing that I really love that the Rowdies would always do um, is <laughs> so silly in warmups. 
and warm-ups when we're at half court going across, they would stretch with us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it was always so awesome, man. It was always so funny. Like, they would do everything that we were doing. Like, hey, we're just warming up with you guys because we're, hey, we're ready to go. Ready to. <laughs> you guys are getting ready. We're getting ready, too. Um, that was always great. Um, oh, no. Uh, coming back after winning the final, going to the final four, beating Dayton. Going to the final four when uh the Rowdies met us outside at the at the airport. That was pretty awesome. Just uh I think they they just knew the narrative for us was that we couldn't finish past the Elite Eight. Elite Eight three years in a row. And then we finally we beat Dayton. And then uh yeah, came back home, you know, went to Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> went to Swamp, went to Cantina, don't remember the rest. <laughs> Well, Sam, Christian, Elena, this was a pleasure. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Can't wait to see you guys uh, here shortly. Um, I, when, I don't know when our next home game is. I think it's sun, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday against Troy. Sunday against Troy. Um, wish you guys the best. Find some great research on these um, Troy. What are they? The Troy what? Trojans? Trojans? Duh. Of course they are. Trojans. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. We're not. Uh, but, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for what you represent, um, being the heart and soul of this team, of uh, what it means to be a, a fan, what it means to be passionate and, and supportive and, um, you know, part of a bigger purpose, uh, the memories that you get to be a part of, um, the connections, I'm sure, the relationships you guys get to make, and, and also with the players. Really, really hoping that this team is going to make it far so you'll have many, 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 many more memories uh, for the rest of your lives. But to everyone listening, this was The Young and the Rowdies featuring the Rowdies, episode 12. Please share. Um, thank you to the Field of 68 Media Network for making this possible. We can't wait to see what this season is going to unfold, but it's going to be a fun one. Good night, everyone. Stay Rowdies.